Welcome to a brand new episode of Chiefs Wire Podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, I sit down with Broncos Wire Managing Editor John Heath as he gives us the update on the team heading into Sunday's game. Also, we check in on a weekly press conference from the Chiefs. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire Managing Editor Charles Goldman. Okay, Charles, anything that stood out to you from the Week 16 victory over the Seahawks? You know, uh, yeah, I was a little bit surprised at first after the game looking at the box score and seeing that the wide receiver group didn't, you know, have more success. Now, I know a lot of people um, initially got really down on the group after the game seeing that, um, but I think that performance would have been infinitely different in above freezing temperatures. Um like, I don't think it was really a matter of guys, like, not getting open, you know? Um, though the Seahawks defense did do a pretty good job there. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that credit. Um, but the football just becomes significantly more difficult to catch when it's that cold. Now, there were only two drops in the game. Justin Watson, he had the two blatant drops. Um, another that was, like, a tough catch on a deep ball, but I don't think uh, that was considered a drop. But, um, <clears throat> I mean... Look, it's the same reason why the punting game didn't exactly have its finest day. That ball is just that much more difficult to manipulate when it's that cold out. Um, you know, it, it's got more weight to it, so maybe it's a little bit easier to get get it thrown. Um, but, you know, punting it, it's like it's a rock. And, you know, catching it when it's coming from a quarterback that can sling it like Patrick Mahomes can, it, it's that much more difficult. And, um, you know, I also think that the, the Seahawks did a pretty good job of, you know, defending the perimeter um, and really they, they gave up kind of the middle of the field stuff. And, um, you know, you saw the Chiefs take advantage of that in that final drive with those two shots to Kelsey. So, you know, I think it, it was more so about, Pat, one, Patrick Mahomes taking what was given and, and two, just the fact that that football was <laughs> like trying to catch a giant chunk of ice in that type of weather. Um, so I don't think it was really a game where it was a fair assessment of the wide receiver group. It's not to say that this group of receivers doesn't have its issues. Like, I, I think, you know, even Juju, I mean, Juju didn't have a good game. And I think, you know, everyone can say, like, he's like the, the alpha receiver that the team has right now. Uh, at least until, you know, Miko Hardman gets back or Kadarius Tony gets going a little bit more. So I think that, that it, it's a little bit of a combination of things um, contributing to that. But that was one of the main things that, that kind of stood out to me in that Week 16 victory. Are you impressed by the solid performance from the Chiefs defense last Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I want to see them build on it uh, during the last couple of weeks of the season. You know, it's one thing to do it once, right? And But, you know, if they can stack some of these really good performances against – uh, against some bad offenses these next few weeks. Let's say it like it is. Like, these are not good offenses. But that'll still give them a big boost of confidence down the stretch, right? Like, they should dominate these next couple weeks. If they can dominate, like, that's that's going to give you some confidence heading into the playoffs. And then, you know, there's also something to be said about preparing for the unknown, right? You know, that's a bit, pretty big challenge this, this week and even next week. So, 
Like, who knows what Jerry Rosberg and the Broncos are going to be able to install and change up from a schematic perspective this week. You know, what they're going to be able to do to maybe get Russell Wilson more back to himself. And then next week, you're going to not get Derek Carr. You're getting a Jarrett Stidham-led Raiders offense. So, you know, they'll have a week of tape to work with then. But, I mean, still, that's going to be interesting to see how Spags handles those challenges and gets the guys prepared for these next two weeks um, because it's it's a lot of the unknown and uh, being able to adjust on the fly and quickly that's going to be very key um, to these upcoming games for for the defensive side of the ball should the chiefs try and get Kadarius tony more opportunities to make plays uh yes i i think his workload in these first two games back from his hamstring injury seems it's been reasonable right um, you know, you had 10 snaps in week 15, 22 snaps in week 16. Those are total snaps, mind you, offense and special teams. I just want to see him more involved in the opening game script uh, and in specific, like, situational moments. Like, they've been good at using him in the red zone, but let's see him, like, out there and getting touches on third downs. Let's manufacture as many touches as possible because, I mean, this kid, he's really special when he's got the ball in his hands. So, I mean, I wouldn't even hate it if they gave him some, like, Debo Samuel-style snaps working out of the backfield in the passing game or or what have you. Like, get creative with it. Um, I'll say this is also true of Sky Moore, right? Um, He had a really nice uh, wide receiver screen in Week 16. Um, He needs to be more involved in the offense um, where, where he's the focal point. Now, he's doing a lot of the dirty work right now. He's running routes to free space for other spots of the field. He's blocking for other receivers. Um, but he's really been, like, the guy, right? Like, he hasn't had that really, you know, he's had maybe one game where he had that, like, opportunity to shine, and then things kind of dialed back from there. Um, so I, I think that both Moore and Tony are showing that they're ready for more opportunities. Do you believe Patrick Mahomes has secured his second MVP after last week's game? You know, not necessarily. Uh, obviously, you've got to be flawless down the stretch uh, in the final two games of the regular season. If you slip up against a bad Broncos or Raiders team, um, that's going to give the voters some pause, at least, you know, from those who vote based on like narrative, right? Like some voters are going to vote the numbers straight up, <clears throat> and Patrick Mahomes has everyone beat in those categories. Really, the only player who, who had a shot, in my opinion, was Jalen Hurts. But, like, you see that Gardner, Gardner Minshew comes in. He puts up over 30 points in the same offense and, and nearly wins in Week 16. That also gives you some pause. So, really, the the biggest thing for me about the MVP race is that all offseason, we only heard about how much Mahomes was going to take a step back without Tyreek Hill. And everyone's still waiting for that to happen because it hasn't happened. He hasn't taken any steps back. Um, And I think that tells you all that you need to know. I mean, I I saw something. Someone said, compared him to like Drew Brees, where like if you, in some of Drew Brees' earliest days, if you took his position, his skill position players, and put them on like any other team, people were like, they weren't going to have that much success. Um, So... I feel like it's kind of that way. Like, like Mahomes is able to elevate the games of some of these guys on on his team, um, and, and you know he hasn't had his full complement of receivers, you know, for most of the season. I mean, 
Michael Hardman's been out with injury. Juju was out for a week. Um, they've had some guys dinged up here and there. And, uh, you know, I think that, that he's proven um, with with his statistic, excuse me, his statistical performance uh, that he is above and beyond in terms of uh, the most valuable player on any football team, right? Like, I, I think you put anyone else back there, they're going to have a hard time. So that, that's kind of the way I see it. But he definitely, you know, I, I won't say he has it locked up. He's He's got to make sure he takes care, care of business these next couple of days. And look, I mean, if he has a couple of uh, big performances, a couple of uh, – he has a couple of big performances, a couple of, uh, you know, 400, 500-yard games, he's looking at <laughs> – you know, he's looking at breaking the single season record in terms of passing yards. And that alone, you know, if that happens, he that will be <laughs> what, what locks him in for the MVP, in my opinion. Ask Chiefswire. Jake Mead asks, do you think the Broncos will get a boost uh, by playing for an interim head coach this week? You know, this is an interesting uh, question, and I actually I did some research about this for the uh, KCSN Daily Newsletter on Tuesday. Um, since 2010, teams are 15 and 10 in their first game with an inter, uh, interim head coach. Um, interestingly enough, you know, teams who fired their coaches later in the season, as the Broncos did, they were a game below 500 with a 6-7 overall record. So uh, the teams who have fired their, their coaches, you know, earlier in the season were, were much better. This season, in particular, uh, teams who have fired their coach this season are 1-1 in the immediate week after the firing. So I'm not sure if there's really a historical trend where you can say the quote-unquote boost that teams get from an interim head coach is a real thing. I think that... Um, in this particular case, while Nathaniel Hackett was clearly part of the problem, he wasn't the biggest problem for this team. Um, Russell Wilson, that's the biggest problem. And heading into weeks, week 17, he's still the starter. Um, and guys in that locker room, they're certainly they're not playing for him in these final two weeks. They're not going to play for Russ. Are they really going to play for Jerry Rossberg, who was a midseason hire by Hackett? I don't know. I think, you know, their best shot was to convince uh, Ajiro Evero, their defensive coordinator, to take the job, but he said no. Like, I, I feel like that tells you more about the state of the Broncos franchise than anything else. They have guys turning down interim head coaching jobs, and that's a guy who's going to get head coaching looks this offseason. That's a guy that the Broncos want to interview for their head coaching job. And he'd rather keep working with his defense than even try to turn around the offense. That, that to me, is very, very telling. So, you know, do the Broncos get a boost this week? I don't think so. I, I think I would be very surprised if, uh, if they came out and played, you know, much more impassioned football than we've seen out of them, um, you know, at any other point in the season. I think they're going to be motivated. They obviously don't want to lose to the Chiefs again. No one wants to lose. That team is prideful. Um, I think that some people are going to be like looking around the room and like, Hey, are we next? Like we, we've got to perform better this week because we won't have a job, but is it going to be enough for them to beat the chiefs? I don't, I don't think so. And lastly, are there any particular stories from chiefs wire you would like to highlight from the past week? 
Yeah, so uh, not as much content as usual with the holiday this past weekend, but we still got quite a bit of good stuff out. Uh, one thing y'all seemed to really enjoy was uh, our look at some of the presents that Chiefs players got for their teammates. That was kind of a fun little thing over the holidays. Um, some things I've enjoyed reading this week, uh, Ed's interview uh, with Von W. Ebron of uh, the game fame. His dad actually played for the Broncos in the late 90s. Had some battles with the Chiefs back then. He was a, a special teams player, kick returner, uh, and running back. But, um, yeah, I, that was that was a good one. That was a fun read. And then I really liked uh, Wes's special teams review this week. Justin Watson, very good special teamer. Not as great on offense, at least not the last three weeks. I think he's had eight, eight targets, zero catches. Um, and then, you know, I mean, maybe the team should consider dialing back his role on offense and using him more frequently on special teams. Just a thought. Uh, maybe it happens when Miko Hardman gets back. As always, uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, we, we appreciate your support, reading the website, listening to the podcast. We couldn't do it without you. You know what we say now. Go Chiefs. Hey, John, thanks for taking the time to speak with us. Who are the players you would like to highlight on the Broncos offense? On offense for the Broncos, the player I would highlight is Russell Wilson. And not because he's done anything good, but because of the exact opposite. He's been uh, basically a disaster this year for the Broncos. And on Christmas Day against the Rams, it was it may have been his worst game as a Bronco yet. And now that game was so bad. You know, the Broncos were expected to wait until the end of the season to fire Nathaniel Hackett. But that game was so bad, they fired Hackett. So now they have Jerry Rosberg is the interim head coach. Clint Kubiak is the offensive play caller. And he has been the offensive play caller for a couple weeks now. But Hackett's out. And, you know, there's no more Hackett attached. And with a new interim coach in, you know, a lot of times teams will have like a new coach spark. Rosberg might provide that so I'm curious to see Wilson like he actually Wilson played pretty well against the Chiefs a couple weeks ago until he got knocked out of the game with concussion that was arguably his best game of the season until he got a concussion so I don't know I think Wilson is it is he never going to return to the player that he was? You know, is he just is he going to be a bust? Are the Broncos going to have to eat his salary cap? Or are they going to eventually cut him? If not this year, you know, maybe in twenty twenty four when the cap hits not as bad. I don't know. That's what the new head coach, whoever he is, has got to figure out. So these next two games for Wilson is important. If he ends the season on a high note, you know, whoever the Broncos bring in might say, okay. Wilson didn't do well, but Nathaniel's Hackett's offense was really bad, so I think I can build around Wilson. But if Wilson, over these next two weeks, plays like he did against the Rams on Christmas Day, I don't know how the Broncos could have any kind of confidence in him to be their quarterback beyond this season. So Wilson is the guy that I'd keep an eye on on offense. Who are the players you'd like to highlight on the Broncos' defense? And on defense, Kansas City fans are very aware of Josie Jewell after he picked off Patrick Mahomes twice when they played a couple weeks ago. And Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, they're their two inside linebackers. And they've just been racking up tackles. Singleton last week had 20 tackles. And granted, you know, some of them are 5, 7, 10 yards down the field. And you don't like to see that. But he is cleaning it up. And, you know, it's not his fault when the defensive line lets, you know, the running back through a gaping hole. And, and like another linebacker misses a tackle and Singleton tracks him down or Josie Jewell tracks him down and Jewell he made two plays on Mahomes and I'm sure Mahomes is not going to want to let that happen again so 
the Denver's two inside linebackers, they really made a lot of plays against Kansas City's offense last time they played. So you know the Chiefs, I mean, they'd always account for him, but I feel like Mahomes, he's going to have Jewel in the back of his mind even more this week when he's thrown across the middle. So Josie Jewel, the inside linebacker, is someone that I'd watch on defense. Russell Wilson over these next two weeks is someone I'm paying to against on offense. And lastly, what is your prediction for the game? My prediction for the game... The Chiefs, I believe, are listed as 12.5-point favorites, and I think the Broncos could cover that. I mean, even a 10-point loss would be covering that. And I keep referencing when the Broncos played the Chiefs a few weeks ago, uh, yes, these teams might be a little bit different from a few weeks ago, but that that was a relatively close game. If Wilson hadn't gotten knocked out, who knows? May, maybe the Broncos would have been a little closer to completing the comeback effort. So I think the Broncos, they'll put up a fight. I'm not picking them to win this game. I still think the Chiefs will win, but I think the Broncos might do a little better than people are expecting. So, you know, if Denver can run the ball, if they can, you know, force Mahomes into a couple mistakes like they did last time, I think they can keep it close. But at the end of the day, I still would think the Chiefs will win this one somewhere in the range of, you know, 27 to 20, somewhere in that ballpark is what I would predict. instead of being in Vegas, but, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a big accomplishment. Does it, does it make it a little bit more special, Ben, or are three new things in the Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, the, the O-line's been playing great this year, man. Being around those guys, it's just been really fun uh, getting to work with them all year and things like that. So, uh, you know, I'm very excited for, you know, Joe and for Orlando. They've been, you know, having a great year, so it's been awesome to see. You mentioned playing great this year. It's kind of difficult not to notice some of the pancake that go on on the interior there. Are there any internal competition between you and the other starting offensive linemen for the most pancakes this year? Yeah, I think everybody's trying to catch up to Trey right now, but uh, <laughs> it's been it's been fun for sure, man. Uh, just you know, seeing seeing you know things that happen with you know whether it's Trey, Joe, Orlando, Wiley, you know that makes me want to do even better. That makes me want to do the same thing. So uh, you know, I definitely think that kind of gets everybody to start playing better, more physical, things like that, you know, because we all get excited about it. I know Trey got you guys all the t-shirts last week. I mean, how much fun and camaraderie is there with amongst all you guys? Yeah, a ton. You know, uh, it's we have, we have a great time. It's a super close group. Uh, you know, the, the entire group's close, so uh, we have a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, getting those shirts was cool. You know, it's a great shirt for sure. But, uh, yeah, getting those shirts was cool. And, uh, yeah, we just we have a lot of fun together. You know, I think uh, we're playing together as a whole unit uh, a lot better. You know, I think the chemistry's gotten a lot better since last year. I think, uh, you know, everybody kind of knows what we, what, you know, everybody else on the line's about. You know, we kind of know exactly how other people are going to play. So, uh, you know, I think we're just being able to build off that and, uh, you know, kind of complement each other more and more. You know, it's been really good to see so far. So. You had a couple of really strong weeks, definitely, when you look at the metrics and everything and protection. Um, against Denver, you know, now, now you're playing them in a very short period of time. Is there an advantage to that to you guys to be able to kind of see, okay, let's see how, kind of, how the kind of tweaks we've made in the last couple of weeks since that game have, have kind of manifested? 
Yeah, you know, they're a very tough opponent. So they have a ton of good players on that defense. That defense is very good. So we know it's going to be a big challenge for us going into this game. And, uh, you know, for us, we pride ourselves in being able to win our one-on-one battles. So that's really what it boils down to. And, uh, you know, they have a great front seven, and it's going to be a big challenge for us. So uh, we're excited about it, though. This great game to work with you guys all year long, and this testament to the athleticism you guys have on the offensive line. For you as a lineman, where does that rank getting out there on the screen in terms of your favorite things to do? Yeah, you know, I think it's just uh, really Coach Coach Heck and Coach Reed have been, you know, coaching it up very well for us. And uh, so it's been it's been very fun. Uh, they do a great job teaching us exactly what our landmarks are and things like that. So uh, it's been really fun. And, uh, you know, seeing some of the plays that Trey's made on those screens and stuff like that, it's been really cool to see. But, uh, yeah, it's been fun for sure. I want to take a moment to thank my guest, John Heave of the Broncos Wire, for giving us his thoughts on the team ahead of Sunday's matchup. And to remind everybody to please follow us on Twitter at The Chiefs Wire. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Have a happy new year, and we'll catch you next week.